Before we kick off this great episode of Total Reboot, Cam and I just want to let you know a couple of really cool things that we're getting up to very soon. Firstly, I want to tell you about a project that I'm really passionate about, really excited about. It's coming up on July 19th at the Giant Dwarf Theatre. Uh, Aaron Chan and I are hosting a live table read of one of our most favourite film scripts of all time. It is the Australian classic Looking for Ella Brandy by Melina Marchetta, uh, based on her great novel. She's going to be in attendance as well. It's my favourite movie of all time. It's a movie that means the most to me, more than anything else. And uh, we've got a great cast. We're going to be reading the script on stage. I'm going to be reading the directions. Aaron's going to be playing a character. Cameron James from this podcast is also in this uh, we've also got Jordan Raskopoulos from Axis of Awesome, Theodore Satan that you may know as Superwog, and a very good friend of ours, one of our favorite improvisers in town, Conchetta Caristo, is going to be playing Josie Alabrandi herself. Uh, I'm really excited for this. It's a one-off event, but if peeps of people come, we'll probably get to do more sillier and crazier ones in the future. But this one is super important to us. It is based on the most important Sydney movie of all time, in my opinion, July 19th. Tickets are on sale right now. You can go to the show notes for this episode and pick them up. We'll see you then. Hey, Jungle Babies. It's Cameron here. Just a little reminder, please come and check out my Comedy Store show on Saturday, the 17th of August. I'm doing my solo show, Strawberry Blonde. A bunch of you guys saw it during the festival run, but I'm doing a freaking Encore, biatch and bastard. <laughs> you can start again if you want nope, to. Nope, I'm going to use this. I'm committed to it and I like the tone that I've hit with it. So if you're a biatch or a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Come to the Comedy Store in Sydney on the 17th of August and check out my show. I reckon you'll have a lol. I did have a lol. You can just buy tickets from a link in the podcast description itself right now. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Babies, you're listening to Total Reboot, and it's a very special time of year. Tis the season. Tis the season. Everyone knows what's going on. There is perhaps the biggest movie of the year coming out Mm. very soon. It is a remake of an all-time classic. Yeah. It's probably going to be the biggest movie of the year. It may even be one of the biggest movies of all time. That is what I'm thinking. That's Mm. what I'm thinking. Of course, the movie we're talking about is Child's Play. (laughs) (laughs) Chucky's back and this time he's an app. And it's freaky as shit. It's so scary, but it's scary because it's our our time. Okay? (laughs) The movie, of course, we're talking about, I think it has potential to be bigger than Mm. Avengers Endgame. Uh, The movie is... Jean Favreau's The Lion King. Yeah, it's uh, obviously a remake of the classic uh, golden era Disney film. The Renaissance period. The Renaissance period. It stars some of the biggest names in the world right now as animals. Yes. I'm talking 
Seth Rosen. We're talking William Eichner. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking, I don't know, ever heard of anyone called uh, James L. Jones? Uh, yeah, I've heard of him. Can I ask you, have you ever heard of a guy called Jonathan Oliver? Holy moly moly. And I'll ask you a question. Okay, and I'm ready to give an answer. No matter what the question is, I will have something <laughs> to fire back right at you, no matter what, I guarantee it. You ever heard of Charles Gambinos? I've heard of him. I've heard his music. <laughs> I've seen him act as Lando Calrissianos, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's someone else Yeah, in there's this someone movie. else playing the queen. They got the queen herself. Queen, queen B, oh that is. Oh, my God. Beyonce. Beyonce. This is a huge homecoming, and it's going to be an amazing film. Everyone's <laughs> talking about it. Go out and see The Lion King when it comes out, guys. But until then, yeah. we've decided to step back through the films of the world's least likely blockbuster filmmaker. We're talking FabFest 2019. Use the hashtag online to talk about it. <laughs> hashtag FabFest 2019. It's official. This is our first true film festival as a podcast. And it's funny to us. It is funny to us, but also we're taking it seriously. <laughs> we're taking it seriously, but it is also That's funny why it's to funny. us. Because <laughs> John Favreau, I think I think it's fair to say you and I, we love his films. We're big fans of the Fav. We love the Fav. We've I think he's probably never really put a foot wrong. Yeah. But also But also we've not seen Cowboys and Aliens. We haven't seen that. Um but also he's like he's not a filmmaker who's known for his style mm. or his technical prowess. Mm. But also he exhibits style and he exhibits technical prowess. And he's kicked off the modern blockbuster with yeah. Iron Man and he's also been a huge part of the indie film movement. Yeah. Like he's been present for every type of modern cinema since the 90s. Yes. So it is exciting and very strange that he is now at the helm of what is probably going to be the biggest film of all time. Well, that's what I think is that that's why we're dedicating so much to this Fab Fest because I'm fascinated the way that his career has evolved over time. Yeah. Yeah. And fascinated by him as a guy because he's like this charming, affable, funny as fuck dude. He's an actor. He's an actor. He's a comedian. He is like an improvisational comedian. He's like one he of went us. to he's like he's of our ilk. Yeah. We are of the same ilk. Yeah. And if that you ilk- prick me, I bleed the same ilk as he does. Okay? <laughs> If you prick either of us, we have the same idea. We've got the same ilk type, okay? If I need an ilk transplant, I'm going to fucking Favreau, okay? If I need an ilk transfusion, that's my that's my type, okay? So, in the lead up to The Lion King, we are looking back at the films of Fav. And uh, we have a few, I guess we have a few mission statements during yeah. this time. A few things we want to check out. Yes. Um, I would like to try and find some common DNA in there yeah. to figure out what is is the Favreau voice? What, what is, is the it? Favreau style? The Favreau I think is je ne sais quoi. I think there's a certain, I don't know what about him. <laughs> but I don't know what it is. I know. And that's why I'm keen to explore it. Uh, one of the missions for me is, is I was saying it to you just before we hit record. Mm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> My favorite joke in the world is that Recently, when we've been seeing a lot of these reboots and remakes, I text you after I've seen it and just yeah. going like, um, I think you're going to like it. Mm. I think you're going to like it. 
And I think that's because recently in the last couple of years, you have exhibited uh, a greater interest and love for the modern blockbuster. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I see these movies, I'm like, okay, this is like a typical blockbuster. I think there'll be something that you dig about it. And I think you've become to like to sell the modern blockbuster because you like Favreau so much. And I think because his voice and the way that he makes films has been so... It's become part of the machine now for what oh the, over the last God, 10 years, yeah, what a right. blockbuster is. You know, he, Mind Man kicked off like the funny, quipping like thing and that's become the whole type of what a blockbuster is now. Mm-hmm. So I think whatever is unique to Favreau will help us unlock what is like what is the modern blockbuster. That's a great mission statement. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to find the key to what is the, the modern yeah. blockbuster, what makes a successful modern yeah. blockbuster. Another little mission statement of ours is we want to get Favreau on the pod. We want to get Fav on the pod. Hashtag we gotta get FavFest 2019. We got to get Fav on the phone. <laughs> we want to have a phone convo with the Favreau, okay? That's what we mainly want from this. I want to meet Fav. I don't Not know in if flesh to flesh. No, no way. Skype if only. Ilk's mates. <laughs> we don't know what can happen. <laughs> so we've tweeted at him. Yeah. Nil responde vu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few RTs from local people, but yeah. no reply. Not even a, a glimmer of him looking at that. If anyone out there in the industry, in the film world, in the blog world, in the media world knows John Favreau, knows his people, maybe yeah. you know Vince Vaughn. If you know the, if you have access to the VVF, the Vince Vaughn phone number, <laughs> VVFN. <laughs> Give it to us. If we will not put it out there. Have publicly. access to the VVF, and you're not taking advantage of yeah. it. Shame on you. Yeah, shame on you. You've crossed a line that should be crossed. Okay. <laughs> if you can hook us up with Favreau for a chat, a Skype, a one on one, a tete a tete, even a tit a tit, <laughs> we'll do that. Even even if it is a freaking junket opportunity, oh my I will jump at the junket. Yes, we please. will take time out of our extremely busy schedules, mm-hmm. and we will do the junket thing. I'll do the junket. I'll sit opposite Favreau. I'll go, listen, buddy, we figured you out. We've unlocked the code. It's in Zathura. <laughs> but we will be on the mainline podcast. We're mm. kicking off this week with Chef. It's his most personal film. It is his smallest film, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's him. Really? Up- Even though it stars almost every, every A-lister? movie star in the entire <laughs> world is in it, mm-hmm. including Dustin Hoffman. Oh, my God. And, the- of course... Gloria from Modern Family. Yeah, Gloria's in it, and it is a glorious movie. <laughs> so that's what we're kicking off. It is like his uh, response to uh, blockbuster filmmaking. It's him going back to his roots of making personal stories about him. That freaking star him. Yeah. And I'm curious. Uh, we're gonna, we've got a great episode of Chef coming up right now. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Chef. 2017, it is a Hindu language remake of Chef. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one that we've always wanted to do on this podcast. Uh, we're looking, it's a great episode as well coming out with some great special guests. And then after that, we promised we'd never do it. We, we swore. swore. We took an oath once we were welcome to the jungle yeah. that we would never stray. We looked in each other's eyes. We pricked our fingers. Yeah. We burnt a dice and in can I our say, hands. When we pricked our fingers, we bled the same ilk. We had the same ilk. Both of us were like, our ilks look identical. And who Red. else has an identical ilk? <laughs> it was. It came out like the mustard of a Cubano sandwich itself. <laughs> 
That was what the ilk was. We bled the ilk and we swore we would never do this. Yeah. We swore that we'd never go to the space jungle. We're doing it. We're doing it after that Zathura getting, space yeah, adventure. We're getting welcome to Zathura. We're getting welcome to Zathura. We will finally get to talk about her, Zathura, that is. <laughs> I assume that's a princess or something. <laughs> Some I don't shit. know. No idea. It's essentially a reboot, reimagining of Jumanji, but in yeah. space. It's a sequel. There's a sequel book to Jumanji yeah, that's called Zathura. Probably about a game in who space. Gives a shit? I give a shit. How can you sit across from me and say, who gives a shit? You know who gives a shit. You the do. man who bleeds his ilk for this podcast. <laughs> I ilk it out every week. And what are we doing the week after that? Maybe we'll... Oh, Lion King. Lion King. We're going to talk King. about the original Lion King. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to dive into the classic. We're going to leave a little breathing room for when it comes out in cinemas. Because I want to see how this movie lands. Yeah. I want to see if it's got legs. And if it's anything like the original, heh, it's going to have four legs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, thank you. Are we going to. Oh, we're also going to do some bonus Patreon episodes. Yeah, as well, we might even do Jungle Book. We're not promising it yet, but it's a maybe we might go to Jungle Book after that. We'll probably, at very least, we're going to have a look at Swingers. We'll look at Maid. And when we're saying Maybe Swingers, jungle. we're not talking about the King of the Jungle from the Jungle Book. This thinking <laughs> of the Swingers. King Louis. Because the King of the Swingers to us is Vince Vaughn. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do on the Patreon. And if it's patreon.com slash total reboot, if you want to hear episodes about swingers. Made? Cowboys and Aliens. Oh, man. We got to do Cowboys and Aliens. I've been wanting to watch that for, for five minutes now. Yeah. And I'm so excited to watch I'm it. I'm really interested. Cameron, can I tell you, I bought this on DVD from an op shop like two years ago. Have you ever popped it in Never the popped it. I've not mm. popped it yet. I'm worried there'll be too much ilk in there. I'm. I got. I might absorb uh, the ilk. First of all, thank you for respecting my culture, DVD yeah, culture. It's a DVD, and it's got a bonus Blu-ray. I say we watch it together. Yeah, and I, then we do a, a commentary. <laughs> we do a, a live commentary of <laughs> Cowboys and Aliens. Also, should we do Iron Man? You kind of got to do Iron Man. We got to do Iron Man. You got to do Iron Man. Yeah. So those will, those will be the ones that we're committing to right now. On the Patreon, a lot of people saying, do Elf, you cowards. That's true. We are afraid to do Elf. I'm too scared. I'm too scared to I'm do scared Elf. I'm scared of James Kahn. James Kahn is one of the most frightening presences <laughs> in cinema. And we don't, want to, we don't want to do wrong by him. No way. Also, it's not Christmas. So no, it feels do it. inappropriate. In- inappropriate. Inappropriate. But For Christmas Fest will probably crack Elf out. Yeah. We'll do Christmas Fest. FabFest 2019 Part 2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so head on to patreon.com slash total reboot to get access to more FabFest. We're taking this extremely seriously. Shall we start the show? Let's get into the episode. You are listening to the Total Reboot Movie Podcast. The only podcast in the history of movies, film, cinema, and heck, all the rest that discusses those very things I just mentioned. My name is Alexi Toliopoulos. I am one of your hosts on this podcast, and I am always joined by a co-host. And this guy is one of my best friends. 
I'm going to give you a proper introduction for the first time. You uh, know him from the Blank Slate Movie Podcast. You know him from <laughs> Mike Check. You know him from Finding Drago. But here he is for the 54th time on Total Reboot. <laughs> it's Cameron James. Is this our 54th episode? Maybe. I'm having a stab in the dark. Well, that's a pretty good stab. It's a pleasure to be here as always. Thanks for introducing me like I'm a guest. I'm trying to do more of that. I'm like, want to become a TV show host now? And I just love where they do that build up. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. love that. I'm gonna do it again. Yeah, do I'm it gonna again. do it again right now, yeah. guys. Not only am I lucky enough to be joined by one of my best friends in this industry, <laughs> <laughs> Cameron James, we yeah. are joined by another guest on this episode today to to discuss the 2014 John Favreau film Chef. We've had to go changing from our industry to another beloved creative industry. <laughs> What show do you see yourself posting, by the way? I don't the know. Most started autistic as... late night show. It started as Johnny Carson and now it's like an awards show. <laughs> Where everything has to be explained to the nth degree. Uh, today we're joined by Mitch Orr, who of course you know from the Mitch and Podcast. You're the titular character on that podcast. <laughs> and you're the head chef of Wait, Acme. When you say titular. Yes, exactly. When we say Can titular. You titular for I me? am of course not talking about the most erotic film Oh ever my, put to celluloid. Oh my God. I'll never forget putting titular on late night on SBS yeah. when I was 12 years old and just actually cracking my first stiffy and thinking, <laughs> oh my goodness, this is a whole fat. new world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so sorry to introduce you this way, Mitch. We know that you love this podcast this and is, so sorry that we've ruined it for you. All my dreams come I'm true. sorry, Mitch. First time, long time, Alexi. It's really surreal to be here surrounded by your laser disc collection. <laughs> <laughs> With the two the titular characters of the oh, Total Reboot podcast. So I'm honoured and humbled to be You're here. You're in here. You can see, you can describe the room to the listeners. That's our new our new recording space. It's I'd hate to see it with a black light. <laughs> and it's everything you could imagine and more. We got Do all you... these Austin Powers posters right behind you that I think you've seen the other side. It's amazing. Hey Mitch, when you look at this this wall full of Blu-rays and DVDs that Alexi has, do you feel inspired or a little bit disgusted? <laughs> And be honest. It's triggering my depression. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know I when I saw Alexi when I saw Alexi put all these into boxes before he moved houses, that inspired me to Marie Kondo my house <laughs> before Marie Kondo was a thing. Yeah. Honestly, one of my lowest points of my life where I saw my own mortality was moving into this place and seeing that I had 10 full boxes of movies and it was like the hottest day of the year that we moved and just seeing these like full, like fourth grown men just mm. carrying up just like this shit. Just because I want to own like 19 fucking Woody Allen movies <laughs> in this day and age, they have to bring them up on the hottest day of the year. I love it, Alexi. It's very you and it's very strong in your brand and I think <laughs> we're all, it's too late now, bro. You just got to roll with it. Yeah, so, I yeah. think you're right. Can't get rid of them. We're not even looking at each other. We're just all facing, <laughs> facing this monster. I'm trying to find the most embarrassing thing on the collection. That's a, they all just sort of morph into one. Yeah. yeah. You can't even really pick out the individual titles. I do have Corky Romano on X-Rental uh, DVD. Oh, that might be God, one of the worst That's got to be the worst And one. I can't get rid of it. Corky Romano, Chris Catan, one of my idols. <laughs> one of your guys. One of them. Yeah, this is... I'm excited to have you on. I've been um, a big fan of the Mitchin, big fan of you. I'm excited to be here. This is 
the first podcast I've done since the mission in Oh so really? that's probably like seven years ago we did the last one. <laughs> yeah. it's, been, it's been a while, but <laughs> I think know. the last one you did was like just after Bourdain passed away, right? Yeah, it was, I think. That yeah. helped me get through that tough time. Yeah. Bourdain was one of my favorite writers. Yeah, mine too. That was a tough time. But I would like to say that this podcast and Mike Check and Finding Drago have got me through some hard times. Oh, thanks. Dude, thank you so much. As you said, like to not be part of the usual conglomerate of guests that you have, it's really (laughs) special to be here. And I think as a fan, it's really what your guys' chemistry and interaction is fucking amazing. And it brings me and I'm sure lots of other people so much joy. So oh, I really bless you, be. dude! Bless this, you. We're just gonna only leave this bit. Of <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah. Release this early. This is our tribute. It's this so is an award show. That was the in memoriam. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you you make food. We make food for the soul. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you, whatever you do is just for taste buds. Yeah. Or whatever, we do shit for people's minds and stuff. We're the real shit, dude. We're the real shit. As soon as you walked in today, I immediately started picking your brains about how brining meat. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you. So many you barely, food questions. You even on this I know. So brining meat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's that all about? You, you came in and we were embarrassingly just watching the the new John Favreau chef show I know, on Netflix. I know. I haven't even really watched it yet. I got. I love the movie though. I, I guess we should talk about the fucking movie. Yeah, but it's it sparked us to watch it because this new. We've wanted to do this episode with Mitch for ages. It's yeah. always been like one of the pipeline, but they keep on fucking making like Aladdin's <laughs> and like Hellboys and shit, and we just haven't been able to do it. But then it like this new Chef TV series just came out on Netflix. Like this is a perfect this reason to it. dive back in. And we're not talking about this film in comparison to that. We will today because it makes sense. Mm. But next they week, tie into each other. It t- absolutely, mm. they tie into each other. They're so linked. But then there is a Bollywood remake of Chef. That I've been so curious about. Cameron and I, we went to see like Blade Runner or something in the cinema at the EQ and mm. had posters for, for this film everywhere. Oh. And ever since then, I think we've always like, we got to review that. We yeah, talk like about what the that. hell is that? What could it be? Because to me, this movie Chef is a plotless movie. Mm. Really. I mean, there's a story, there's right? A story, yeah. But it is largely just an excuse to... For John Favreau to indulge in his hobby, yeah, um, and 100%. to film it beautifully, yeah. Um, were you a fan of this movie? Yeah, I actually, I've probably rewatched it five or six times. Yeah. I rewatched it last night again, mm. and it's really smart and clever and funny and fun, and it's probably one of the best movies with food mm. in it. Oh, right, yeah. It's not pretentious. There is some pretension in yeah. it, but there's also a lot of in-jokes and stuff like that, which you might sort of start to pick up if you watch The Chef show on Netflix okay. now. all right. There's, you know, like stuff with the molten lava cake and, yeah. you know, a couple other things that I started to pick up more the more I watched <laughs> it and me going, why the fuck are they doing that? And <laughs> yeah. then listening to Roy Choi and John speak, it's yeah. like, oh, maybe they were taking the piss and putting in-joke stuff in there yeah <laughs> but yeah like you know like when burnt came out yeah i was oof. gonna say the food to in that food is movies. so fucking pretentious and over the top and tweezers and this is like a lot of this is really just they keep it really simple yeah mm. and even though it's really simple and i don't always agree with the way they do certain things yeah. or whatever you can go that looks good and you know that's gonna taste good yeah yeah and it's real and i think by keeping it simple like that 
that's part of why it really works. What, yeah. do, you, what do you mean like you disagree with certain things? Like in, in the presentation, in the preparation? What do, uh, what just is like, it? I think maybe it's more that I've watched the chef show than that ties back yeah. because they do recipes from the movie in, in the, the show. show. Oh, like they do the spaghetti alley yeah. olio that... He yeah. makes for Scar Joe. The sex John scene. makes for Scar Joe. Yeah, yeah, the world's most erotic <laughs> meal. <laughs> that is the sex scene in that movie. She's yeah. laying Scar on the Joe's bed. just smoldering at him, you know, while he's <laughs> oh overcooking this pasta. And then she makes that orgasmic, like, mm-hmm noise. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, that was the only was route it. we're going to see in yeah. this movie. <laughs> I'm so and it glad. did it for me, actually. I, I, yeah. like, I like John going, I'm going to cast Scar Joe yeah. and Sophia. Yeah. I know. But I'm never actually going to get to kiss them or yeah. do it. It's actually quite cute in a way. It's very nice. What are some of your other favorite food movies? Um, I like Big Night. I love Big Night. Have you ever seen Big Night, No. Cam? It is Stanley Tucci's directorial yeah, debut. Really? And it has one of your faves, Tony Shalhoub and him oh as brothers. Oh, my yeah. God. The um, Tucci and the Shalhoub, come on. <laughs> the Tucci and the Lube, come on, dude. <laughs> Goodfellas is a tooch. really good food movie. Goodfellas, Goodfellas is even one of the best actually a food movie. Um, Tempopo is a to classic. Call, um, to call it gravy. Yeah. To yeah. Call yeah. Pasta yeah. Sauce Cameron yeah. cuts up his... Uh, his Garlic with yeah, a Mac with a, 3. With a, yeah. <laughs> three blades. Yeah. And you three get slices in. The first slice just teases it. The first, yeah. And then and the second blade. And then the third Very blade clever. really massages yeah. it out. And it gives it that beautiful, perfumey, aloe vera soothing taste <laughs> <Yeah>. from the <laughs> little gel yeah, that's from attached the gel to it. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome, dude. You've got to try it. You've got to bring that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is good. That's You've got to do My it. My Mark it's III good. gravy. <laughs> I, Ratatouille is another great Ratatouille one. Ratatouille is fantastic. That's, yeah, that's top three, I reckon. What, do you th- what are some of the other like really uh, like kitchen, like movies where the kitchen feels right? Not many. Yeah. Yeah, really not many. Like even this, there's parts of it that are just like, how how does that work? And what's the sort of timeline? And what time of day is it now? Yeah. And why is he like just fucking off to the markets in the middle of the day? And, <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of shit. And he's like, I've got to go do the shopping at the market. And it's like, do you though? It's like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's like 1 p.m. You should already have all your shit there <laughs> yeah. and be balls yeah. deep in prep. Yeah. Or like, you know, it seems like also you've got this menu that you've had for the past 10 years yeah. in this restaurant. So Should it just be delivered or yeah, something Yeah, you know what point? you're getting. Yeah. You're but not, isn't you know? it... Uh, sorry, sorry to pull you up on this, but that's when he's designing his new menu that gets shut well, down. Yeah, he's all, but it seems like every day he's going out to find inspiration. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Like, you know, he says something like, uh, like when you're cooking, you, you look for ingredients and you think, what can I do with that? Yeah, I'm like, and yeah, but that is true. You also have done this set menu for <laughs> yeah. five years, apparently, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I think it, they everything always tries to romanticize it. And this does that to an extent, but it's also, it doesn't, like, there's a lot of, like, crude jokes and, you know, like, the interplay between the male characters is really good and the, the even in the interplay between Dustin Hoffman's character and John is, like, some of it's pretty real and was relatable to me. Mm. And, you know, so I think that's why it works because it's, it's romanticized enough that it's a mainstream movie, studio movie, but it's also... Because I think Roy Choi was in there going, no, nah, we're not going to fuck around and pretty it up and all this mm. kind of stuff. It still works. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's real enough, you know? Man, we should just dive in. Because I'm, I'm yeah. dying to talk about this movie deeper now that we've just gotten started. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please, we're going to present to you the trailer for the film Chef. Was that a awards show enough? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, like yeah, I, I didn't was... land at that time. <laughs> You're never going to be happy cooking for someone else. 
food truck's a great idea. We're talking about a white-on-white -white 88 Chevy Grumman food truck supplying canvas for your dreams. I'm going to have him pull it around. Thank you. Don't thank me till you see it. So what are you going to do? You're going to laugh. Tony, Carl's got a taco truck. For real? <laughs> I was so jealous. When I heard your voice, I was like, that's what I want to do. I get to touch people's lives with what I do, and I love it. And I want to share this with you. I'm putting a little cornstarch on my werewolves, man. It's too humid down here. Dad, wake up. I'm just putting cornstarch on these balls. You want some? It's like baby powder. It's nice, right? Nice. Chef 2014, directed by John Favreau. Starting from scratch, never tasted so good. <laughs> <laughs> when Chef Carl Casper suddenly quits his job at a prominent Los Angeles restaurant after refusing to compromise his creative integrity for its controlling owner, he's left to figure out what's next. Finding himself in Miami, he teams up with his ex-wife, his friend, and his son to launch a food truck. Talk, taking to the road, Chef Carl goes back to his roots to reignite his passion for the kitchen and zest for life and love. <laughs> That's the official synopsis from letterbox.com. Um, I think where I want to start talking about this movie, because we talked a little about John Favreau last week on our Men in Black episode, <laughs> because we were just talking about like how John Favreau and F. Gary Gray are like the great workman directors now in blockbusters because they just they can just churn it out and make like this like a very good serviceable blockbuster film mm. that just does whatever you fucking need it to do if you're a studio head um but this is like such a departure for him to do a film like this again like to go back to something so small scale and like self-produced i i like watching this again with that in mind i was even i've always loved this movie i still remember when i saw it in the cinema and just like really like really being into it but seeing it now I was so much impressed more impressed because knowing that he's a writer director on this he's also a producer mm -hmm. he's also the lead actor and not just like it's a good performance that he's doing but it's like such a technical performance as well because I feel like he really is like he's really feels like he's cooking the food live and it doesn't yeah. feel like inauthentic That's or true. one of the showiest bits of the movies in the opening 30 mm. seconds when it the camera pans up from him chopping those carrots yeah. julienne style <laughs> um, up to his like face just to say hey look this is me doing yeah, this yeah. you know it's um, like when you see russell Crowe playing the violin in uh master and command you're like that's him he's really doing this we're not seeing just the fingers it's like you're seeing his whole meaty head at the same time resting on. i think i think that's part of what makes it real too yeah and especially like when you tie that into the chef show yeah you yeah. see his passion for it and how much how genuine it is yeah. and how much he puts himself in the shit and mm. gets involved and there's no pretension. He's like, no he really pretension. wants to fucking learn and be yeah. good at it. Yeah. And that comes through in him cutting. There's a couple of things like with his fat fingers where he's still really clumsy and you can tell he hasn't done it that much <laughs> and that kind of thing. But like the speed in which he's cutting everything is like really fucking good. Yeah. You know, like so he would have practiced that a practice lot. into something like that. Yeah. It's not like Keanu and John Wick 3 like doing all his own stunts, but to put that dedication into yeah. it is like really cool. And I think, like, that's what's exciting about it. Like, watching the chef show now, I just showed Cameron the first episode of it, and it was, like, noticing the difference between him 
as the host of this show who's being taught these mm. things and being told like how to make these dishes and you're kind of like seeing he's like the the entry character for viewers on that show in this movie he's playing the expert and the difference is watching him in the show he seems kind of like nervous or a bit scared mm. or intimidated by having like these cool and great chefs that know what they're doing he's following him. orders as well he's doing what he's told to do like, yeah um, Roy Choi's going alright you grate this chop that yeah. and he's like yep yes chef and just doing it but mm. even his body language is different like in this in real life he's kind of like hunched over he's got that like you know when you're when I'm watching it, it just like really struck me like, you know, when you're like a, in a situation like that and you're feeling kind of anxious and you just feel like you're a bit like you're barely holding things, you know, where you just feel like it's slightly out of body. Mm. It like it looks like that when you're watching him in that show. But in the movie, it's real. Like he mm. is the boss. He knows what he's talking about. Mm. And it just makes you appreciate like how difficult it would be to be wearing all of those hats. Including the freaking chefs, chef, uh, <laughs> including that bandana, including the freaking bandana, and the Steven Spielberg style trucker cap that a director wears. <laughs> um, I want to say this is just a little observation that I just find mm. so funny. Um, that this whole movie is a reaction to the failure of Cowboys <laughs> and Aliens, the movie that he just put out. He really? put yeah, he put out this big blockbuster yeah. that he poured his heart and soul into. I'm going to make my own fucking franchise, yeah. and it's mm. going to have Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford, so James Bond and Han Solo and Indiana Jones, yeah, and Indiana Jones, all other. in this movie with aliens, and it's set in the West. And fuck, I'm going to love it. It tanked so hard. Yeah, worst reviews, and then he puts out a movie where he just gets to prove critics wrong and mm. shit on criticism and just be like, no, I'm a fucking artist and it hurts when <laughs> yeah. people make fun of my food and I'm going to just go off and make my own little food, aka the movie I'm making right now. Yeah, where I, make it, I want to make it my passion project. <laughs> it's so funny to me that this is just, it all came out of the failure of a movie called Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> yeah. And because he liked the tacos he was served on Iron Man rap yeah, party. Yeah. Like watching a series, like you find out how it all like connects is like, mm. yeah, Gwyneth uh Goop used to write about Kogi. Is it Kogi, Kogi. or Koji? Yeah, yeah Kogi, Kogi about the truck that Roy Choi like yeah. made. And then he just like made the Roy Choi movie. Yeah, basically, yeah. And it's like it's pretty fascinating because it's just like such this simple plot of this guy getting kicked out or like basically like putting having put up with like being making stuff he's not passionate about going back to it and then it's just built in like this really nice father and son story like Mm. to me everything about this movie feels right it feels authentic Mm. like even the relation between father and son like that's that's a big uh Okay, I've I've seen this movie maybe as many times as you have, Mitch, and um, I've always loved it. I've never analysed why I love it. I've yeah. just liked the vibe of it. Yeah, I like the yeah, feeling. Yeah. I like the way the food looks in the movie, you know. Mm. Um, and this time I went, okay, I've got to fucking analyse it. Let's figure it out. And it was so difficult because there's no um, tension in this movie ever. Mm. The only tension is when he quits his job. And then every other minor bit of tension is resolved. Like he's yeah. hooking up with Scar Joe and she's like, We said we wouldn't hook up. Okay, make me a meal. Um and then he's he meets his ex wife and she's like, I love you, I support your career, can I help you out with money? Yeah. He meets his ex wife's ex husband, that guy gives him money. Yeah. He Bobby Carnavale chooses to stay at the kitchen. And then they're still best friends. Like, no tension in this whole movie. So I was like, what is it about this movie mm. that is, like, 
propelling it forward. What is the drama in this movie? And I think it's just because it feels like real life. There is not tension everywhere in real life. Some people's fucking get on with their exes and some people's kids are obsessed with them and shit like that. Like it's, it feels real. So you're watching it like, uh, like you're watching real life, except yeah, you yeah. also get to see amazing sandwiches and God, pork just like real being life. Brined and <laughs> that, I think that's part of it too. Like you're like oh, everything looks tasty, and you're like, yeah. Oh, what else, where else? Are they? they go to New Orleans, yeah. And, you know, like every, there's like constant stimuli, yeah. stimulation. It's true. It's true. Go, What's the next thing? And oh, that's fucking good. And, yeah. oh, I want to eat that. Oh. Oh, it's that's exactly right. It's it's like drama isn't propelling you. Yeah. It's your fucking urges are yeah. propelling you with this movie. You're like, I want to eat that. I want to see that place. It's mm. like it is just like watching um like a like Bourdain's cooking show. Yeah, yeah. Like and there's enough little bits of humor and you know tenderness. And yeah, character, realness and emotion. Even if it's all really fucking easy for him in the end, yeah, it's you pretty know? easy like, for him. He just goes, yeah, your, "Your ex missus is really fucking hot, <laughs> yeah. and she's loaded. She loves and you. She's fucking, you know, giving you all these opportunities. Yeah. Even though you're a dumb fucking his big arrogant is his idiot. Son is you know? obsessed with him. Yeah, right? you know, your son's okay. He's a little bit annoying, but you're also an asshole. And you know, like <laughs> it's really not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> and even like we see Oliver Platt as the critic at the start and they have that big fight. The very next time we see Oliver Platt at the end of the movie, he's like, hey, I'm giving you millions yeah. of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Open right. your own restaurant. Yeah. Problem resolved. The Oliver Platt movie, or like if there's a Oliver Platt spin-off, it's the same thing as Chef where he's like, you know, like, yeah, I was the best in the world and I became a bitch for a minute, but then Google bought my fucking website yeah. and I'm a billionaire now. <laughs> But I think like it's just like a happy, feel-good movie. But yeah. I think it's the stakes that are built in. It's all stuff with the sun like and I the think... and the pork steaks. <laughs> oh my, Maron. Oh, that's Dude. the good stuff. <laughs> but you know, if we're going Bobby, uh, D, and Billy Crystal on this, we're analyzing this shit. <laughs> uh, we like. I think that's where you build in the stakes because you the the relationship with the sun is so. It's so like on this like weird edge where it's like mm. how it can't really go that bad. But you're seeing him kind of you're seeing uh John Favreau like playing like this guy who is a nice guy, but he's kind of like this like absent father, this dick to his son. And even though he's like brought his son in on this, they're going on this adventure together, you keep seeing him like fail in the yeah. eyes of his son or mm. like letting his son down over and over again or not being an attentive father, not listening. I think that's where the tension of this film lies, like why you can kind of be invested in on what is otherwise just a lovely journey, why you can feel it and why it works is because you're just seeing him fail and you're seeing him not live up to his son's huge expectations for him mm. but his son has like this undying love for him nonetheless just like uh, what a normal nice relationship is like but I think that's what it is it's just like the, ch- the stakes are high because like what if he fucks his son's life up yeah. or something he keeps making the same dumb mistakes and you keep going for fuck's sake bro can you just <laughs> yes it's not that difficult it's right in front of you yes you work it and then you find so that is, the, is he gonna get it this time nah. yeah this nah. and then he gets there, and you're like, "Fuck, thank God!" Thank you know, God. Like, you learned that lesson. I just had a realization about the son. Okay, we are his son in this movie. Mm. The son is the audience. In the movie, you see he keeps taking him to like fucking movies. He takes him on roller coasters. He tries to take him to Disneyland. The kid is like 
happy with it, but also not that impressed. And all the yeah. kid wants to do is watch his dad work yeah. and do what he loves to do. Mm. And that's what this movie is. Like, where his son, yeah. we've been taken to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've been eating popcorn <laughs> yes. with our dad. And it's good. But then at the end of the day, all we want to do is watch him make swingers and made again, essentially. Yes. And, and we're excited yeah. when he's doing yes. it. Yes. He's like, oh, he's yes. going for risk, dude. He's going back this in on it. This is the most meta movie ever made and meta by the way is greek for it means two things it means like to have like a bigger picture meta is like big also meto means vomits so (laughs) it has both yeah and this movie has both will not make you vomit it's the opposite it makes you vomit in the old roman emperor way we're like God, now I can have a fucking third or fourth helping. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the vomitorium with this one. Do you think God. part of it as well is the cast? The, the cast, cast is, is incredible. It's right? such a good cast. Everyone yeah. in this movie is perfectly cast, yeah. right? Like John Favreau is so good as this lead of like this every man type thing. But then like Legazamo as He's a line incre- cook, He's so good. I love Legazamo. Yeah. Do, do you buy him as a fucking line cook? Yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like. The interplay and the looking up mm. to your head chef and who's your mentor, but you still get along with them really well. Yeah. And you break each other's balls and you have fun and jokes. And yeah. even the relationship between the two of them and Bobby Carnavale's yeah. character, like when they're in the kitchen and when John doesn't know what Twitter is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. and they're like, fuck Twitter, bro. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> I Twitter. love He's that like, bit. Yeah. Like, fuck, fuck Twitter. And then they and distract like, him by complimenting what, his that food. Much pussy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pussy needs a database, right? <laughs> you know, like, it's really... The interplay is really fucking good. Yeah, and I think like it's that perfect like dynamic where... Uh, where they both like idolize him, mm. like he's a hero for them. Mm. But then they like have it in different ways. Like Legazamo so inspired, and in turn, like pretty much inspires him as mm. well to keep doing it, keep doing better. And then Bobby Cannavale is like detached. Like he is, like he's inspired to become like his own chef. Yeah, as he wants well. to be yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't want to work with him anymore. He's like, yeah, yeah. I actually want to be. That's where I want to get. Yeah, to I want to be like you. Yeah. yeah. But I think yeah. just casting those two, like that's a home run. Like yeah. already, if, I'm like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, like, two of the great character yeah. actors of the last fucking twenty years. And just like you know, it's that Mario Brothers type thing yes. where like Legazamo is like this stringy, like stringy guy. Like you got Benny Blanco from the Bronx, who's like in there, who's just like this like a little work rat. He's mm. like he's Remy. He's up on his head. <laughs> he's standing up on his head, pulling the strings and stuff. And then like Bobby kind of like the hottest guy in the world. Like he looks so good in this. Movie as like this guy who's like this. You like his Tottenham? Yeah, I love it because he's like this brute of a guy in there. Like I love that energy that he has. Even yeah, he's even when he sleeps in the car. Yeah, because he's been out ratchet the night before. Like you know, that's a stereotypical kind of thing, but it really works as well. That makes that. Genuine. You know? I like yeah. that the movie doesn't lean too hard into um, hospo workers or fucking partiers, but I like I like that it's there. Yeah, like yeah. that we see yeah. that yeah they do go out and fucking party after the, yeah. after cooking and shit like that after work. Yeah, but I'm glad it wasn't like. I haven't seen Burnt, but I assume yeah, is that a yeah, big part a bit of it? Too much, of it. dude. You got to <laughs> see. Is he a cokehead in yeah, Burnt? Yeah, yeah, is, it, is he kind of playing Bourdain? Is that the, yeah, or, or is that the other one? Yeah, no, it is. It is a bit like that. Do you know yeah. that? Like Bradley Cooper was in a TV show, Kitchen Confidential. That's the Bourdain one. That right? was an adaptation, like oh. a loose. But it's like a sitcom. I haven't seen that. It doesn't exist. Like I've got it. I'll give it to you. I've got it on a hard drive <laughs> somewhere because I downloaded it like ten years ago. It's oh like, God. how is this real? How does this exist? But it's like he plays like 
um, Tony Bodino or something like that that make him more Italian. <laughs> and like it's this, like it's just him like running kitchen, but it's like sitcom style. Really? Yeah, it's really. Like, compare it to another sitcom. Give me a comparison for tone. Uh, like Sex and the City, maybe, but like half hours. Wow. But actually, okay. not even Sex and the City. It's just like so tame and boring. Mm. It is insane. But then Burnt. You gotta see Burn because it's such a good shit movie. Yeah, it is a good shit movie. It's yeah. like so boring, like everything about <laughs> it. Like they're trying to they're building all these stakes. Like the movie begins, like he's been like in rehab and he's put himself through like this hell where he's like, Yeah, gotta grind my way back up and he shucks oysters. He's like, mm. just shuck my millions of oyster, I'm going to fucking London now or whatever, <laughs> and work at a restaurant. Hmm. It is crazy and the food looks so boring. Like it came mm. out so shortly after this. And every, I reckon every dish in Burnt has a fried egg on top or yeah, something like something. that. It's definitely full of, micro- shit. <laughs> full of micro herbs. And, yeah. Uh, it's so... A lot of chefs hate that movie. Yeah, it's yeah. so... It's a real good I, one. I still enjoy watching them though. Like even yeah. the, the Catherine Zeta-Jones, Aaron Eckhart yeah. one. What was that one again? No Reservations. No Reservations. Oh, That's a remake. Say, I was going to say Made to Order. I couldn't think of <laughs> any like they're funny all titles. Really yeah. terrible, but I still... Like, yeah, there's some sick part yeah. of me that still enjoys watching. What's like me movie? with comedy movies? Like, yeah. I always hate every stand-up comedy movie, but I'll still watch, watch it. it. Yeah, like, oh, I'll see what it is. You've, there's a funny people poster right behind your head. Like that's <laughs> yeah. I'm the same with it. Yeah, I think that's like the the thing that I mean to compare the two the two crafts. Mm. It's like uh, God, I wish you guys laughed when I said that because <laughs> no, no, no. now I sound. But I'm with you though because it is. A, <laughs> there's a similarity <laughs> to. I think that's why, like, I like food movies as well because there's something. Also, I'm a fat fucking adore food, but um, the it's like the I relate to it because it's like that repetition of stand up where it's mm. like you're doing the same shit over and over again. You're perfecting it, but yeah. also it's like there is there is something that gets me off about like that idea of someone doing the same thing yeah. over and over and mm. over again. Like bringing something new to it. Bringing time. something new to it. Change, like, or, you know, just... The creative process. It. I, I, that's what I was, that's, I'll, as a creative person, yeah. I always enjoy watching someone else mm. in their creative process. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's comedians or musicians yeah. or artists or, you know, whatever creative field it is, yeah. watching someone be creative in their own way is really intriguing and yeah. engaging to me. Big and I time. think that's part of this as well. And I think this one really, it opens up that world in such like a way that feels inviting mm. rather than showing off like, oh, how cool this world is. It just like, it works because everyone looks the part for yeah. it. Like Scarlett Johansson as like the head of front of house looks like the real head of front of house at like most restaurants where <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, it's the hottest person I've seen <laughs> yeah. this week. Real like, and, like fringe, fringe yeah. haircut, star tattoos on arms. And then you got yeah, Dustin I've Hoffman as like the owner of the restaurant who's busting balls and wants to play it safe. And you're like, yeah, I get... Mm, I, the relationship yeah. between him and Dustin Hoffman, I think it like breaks my heart in this movie mm. because you can tell Dustin Hoffman like appreciates everything he does and wants him to like succeed and wants John Favreau to be like the best. But it's like he's got this huge financial stake in it and he mm. can't afford to take the risks anymore. Mm. That's why he's yeah. become complacent. That, the first couple of times I watched it, I used like it used to fucking enrage me. Yeah. Like <laughs> just let him do his thing. Like mm. you, what are you fucking paying him yeah. for? If you know, like you mm. can pay a donkey if you need to just cook the same thing all the time and you don't give a fuck. Like yeah. That's a sequel to right a two-hour one. It's a donkey, <laughs> a donkey in the kitchen. Him not getting that everyone's there to see the new shit. 
Yeah. Yeah. And he just wants to play it safe. And there is, but now I sort of understand there is that balance between, okay, and you look in the Sydney dining scene, all the sort of lowest common denominator denominator things are what's busy because people do like safe. Yeah. Mm. And running a really creative venture and a sustainable venture financially yeah. don't always overlap yeah so now i have a bit more understanding of his side of things yeah i'm still like fuck you <laughs> yeah. but, fuck the man obviously yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. i i can see you know he yeah. wants to take advantage of this thing and this new sort of wave of popularity by playing it safe yeah and not pissing anyone off or yeah. whatever but in the meantime he is pissing everybody off you know yeah. the scene where um the critic comes back for the second meal yeah. mm. and he's just li- like, it's fucking hilarious yeah. you know, that he's getting served the same the same thing. shit. And then Dustin comes over with this fucking shit bottle of water. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I've got to, an like, nine. suck up his I've arts. got a wonderful yeah. oh 09. I'm like, I don't oh give a fuck, God. bro. I'm here. I'm not here for you. I'm <laughs> yeah. here for this food that's, that I've that's been That's one of the funniest yeah? bits it's in the movie. So like, I love watching it. him try to impress the guy with a 2009 <laughs> bottle of wine. I just so opened funny. it by chance yeah. in here. It's so funny. It's I so, love as well. It's so like, oh, my skin crawls. Oh. It's fucking hilarious. And the, I love that the design of this movie is like the kitchen. It's got like a window into the kitchen mm. so you can see what's happening. And it's like, God, everything's a disaster. <laughs> there. You don't want to see it happen. But also it's like he can look in and not see the guy that yeah, he knows yeah. should be cooking yeah. his food. But And then that's the best, like that scene where... John Favreau comes in and starts berating him. It's like the scene that goes viral yeah, in the movie. The molten lava The molten cake. lava cake. But yeah. when he has that line <laughs> where he goes, it. where he's like talking about Dustin Hoffman, he was hurt. He was hurt. He thought you were going to close his business down. That's I'm real. like, that's so, like that makes my heart break, that yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know. I think part that's, that kind of dates the movie a little bit now. Like mm. the power that critics and stuff have it mm. yeah. because of social media has lessened a lot. Definitely. Now. It's over. But it's still, like that's, really real as well yeah like to feel that worry and that you have people judging what you do yeah as a creative person whether it's the chef or whatever yeah you know criticism is important but yeah. when the critic doesn't have a full understanding and gets something wrong in their critique mm. it's enraging infuriating yeah. it's, it's so inf- infuriating. you know you're like if you're gonna critique me at least critique me properly mm. you know like everyone's entitled to an opinion yeah but just because you have the internet doesn't mean I'm going to listen to your yeah. opinion. Yeah. But if, if you're in this position of power that you've been put in by the paper mm. and you have responsibility, you know, so as someone that's been critiqued and had bad things written by those people, yeah. I f- completely feel that. Yeah. But it, it's also like, He's a blogger. He really gives a fuck. I know. You know? I feel like there's that sort like, of balance. I'm, I'm yeah. with you, know? you. I'm with Favreau in this movie. I fucking hate most criticism. Mm. I hate critics. I've had bad reviews as well. Yeah. But then I'm also... Not me. <laughs> never had a bad review. 100% um, success rate, baby. <laughs> but then you get to that point a few years after it and you're like, oh, man, fucking... Who cares? Chill yeah. Out. yeah. Especially now that like it, a few years have gone by and criticism is different and yeah. it doesn't mm. have the reach it used to have sort of thing. And it also yeah. takes time to go, okay, maybe there was something there. Yeah. Mm. And I was a young, arrogant idiot. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I couldn't see past my own emotion at the time. Yeah, yeah for kind sure. kind of thing. And to have... Everyone wants to have that interaction of, yeah. hey, fuck you, Wouldn't what do you, you know? Yeah. Do what do you fucking to. know? Oh. But then when he has the blow up, you can see it's all emotion and no rational thought yep. either. And you, you want him to go, no, like explain to him why mm-hmm. you're wrong. Yeah. 
and take the emotion out of mm. it, which is near impossible to do. Like, yeah. You're not getting to me. Yeah. He's not getting to me. <laughs> yeah. It's I, fucking hilarious. I love that he it adds up, up to someone that else's point. cake and crumbles, <laughs> yeah, it, crumbles it in it. his it's fingers. Yeah. And the whole in joke of that is, which the show sort of goes into, yeah. the chef show goes into, is that chocolate lava cake has become this ubiquitous thing mm. yeah. that's everywhere and everyone f- I fucking love it still it's delicious mm. but it's a crowd pleaser it started as this super technical thing that Michelle Bra invented in France yeah. mm. and came over and was really super te- and then it got bastardized because it's like runny fucking chocolate cake yeah. Yeah. and it's in all the chain restaurants and they say in the show that you know John asked Roy Cho what it, and some other chefs what's mm. the one thing you'd don't want to cook or see anymore mm. and it's lava cake yeah mm. and to make that the focal point is such a good in joke yeah and like you know like no one would give a fuck about this no one would ever put this on their <laughs> yeah. menu yeah, yeah. and this is like the thing that breaks his heart <laughs> yeah. and, you know like it's so fucking funny and especially because it's like that meta level <laughs> yeah. you know like yeah. there's so much of it all through the movie and it's like this te- very technical dish that's invented and then it's like no it's this I love that it's that bastardization yeah. of yeah. it and now it's like you can buy it in Coles yeah. Yeah. cook it in your in a mug in your so microwave <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I've, like I've made I've and it's called chocolate fondant and other things yeah. as well yeah. here and I've made them and I've always just done uh, you just gotta undercook the cake yeah, yeah. you know and I was and it's still fucking tasty, yeah. you know, like, but to have that level of, no, it's not that. And fucking like, no one would care and no one would have that on their menu because they yeah. would just refuse to cook it. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. fact that that's the thing and he's like, you know, no, we have, this is the crowd pleaser. And, and like, it would literally be in 15 different chain yeah. restaurants yeah. in that city. <laughs> yeah. And the owner's like, you have to have the lava cake. Yeah. <laughs> And of That's course, it so would sell out. Like you know, yeah. that people know what that is. Yeah. You know, people are stupid. Well, They'll be like, "What I love about that scene is that he he goes into the technical side of what actually yeah. is in a fucking lava mm. cake. Like he's like, it's a frozen bit of yeah. whatever it is, cooked inside a cake so that it cooks on the outside mm-hmm. and it just melts on the inside. Right? Yeah, that it. That to me is like a filmmaker <laughs> going like, don't fucking make fun of Iron Man 2 it takes so much work yeah. to yeah, make yeah, those yeah, effects yeah. do you, you have know, any uh, idea how hard it is to make a fucking it. animation <laughs> yeah. cycle do you know how yeah. hard it is to convince Mickey Rourke to say my yeah, Borat on camera hard all of us are working hard in yeah. there in the yeah. kitchen it's, in the Disney kitchen that's what it is that's what we have to remember like watching these movies I think that's like why you know Cameron and I we come from the world of short films so we know how hard it is to make a film yeah <laughs> it's like that thing where it's like you know we very rarely will we go so hard and destroy a movie because like fuck it's like, even like some cunt working one day as a second AD they're mm. like busting their balls to make yeah, yeah. I don't so know no, Aladdin. no one's trying to make a shit <laughs> yeah. film no one's trying no. to make you yeah. a shit meal no one gets up at 5am to make exactly. something shit yeah. no one does 70 80 hour weeks to give you a shit time when you come to a restaurant yeah. you know like yeah. and that's the reality like you don't have to like it and I don't want everyone to like what we do like I'm happy when someone hates something yeah because mm. at least it's like the worst is that eh, it was okay. Yeah. yeah, that's the worst. Like, yeah. have a solid exactly. reaction one way or the other, but you don't have to like everything. But no one's trying to give you a bad time. Yeah, no. you know, and that when you tie that into business and the effect that that can have on a business, especially ten years ago mm. when mm. it really could shut your business down, it's pretty like the stakes are high. Yeah. in that realm, you know. I think you touched on something that I find really interesting watching back was like how you said the the idea of a critic being able to shut down a restaurant is so dated now. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that like so 
dates this movie is like the uh, the way social media is used. Well, yeah, that's yeah. another. That was always going to date, though, yeah. wasn't it, man? And but that kind of made it relatable as well because yeah. when I when we opened Duke above the Flinders Hotel, which yeah. was like my first sort of head chef role, yeah, Twitter was blowing up and was a big mm. thing. But now it's sort of transitioned to Instagram. Yeah. Mm. So that does date it. But I think Twitter is still much bigger in the States. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it doesn't date I think it at, so much. At the in time, I felt like this is a relevant movie. Yeah. And yeah. also, um, I watched this again recently with my wife. One thing she pointed out to me was that the way that the tweets are like animated yeah. into yeah, this movie, I think that was the first time that had been done. I think right. so. And now it's ubiquitous in yeah. TV and film. To the point that, like, the, the show, and this is something Alex said to me, the show Jane the Virgin is, like, 90% that. It's people yeah. texting and tweeting and that yeah. shit coming up on screen. I'd never seen it before. I mm. think it was and this, and I remember sh- the TV show Sherlock at the time had text messages come up on screen in a similar way. Right. And so I think, yeah, it, like, it's that thing where at the time it's like, this is so cutting edge. Mm. This, is a, this is how you can translate something that is so everyday now yeah. to be cinematic. And mm. I think like, I think it works. I still think yeah, it works. So it I works think it's a punchline. I like yeah. the one he's, he's tweeting that thing to fucking Oliver Platt's character, but his head is blocking half of the yeah. text behind him. And then he moves just as it reveals the word asshole. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, yeah. it's fucking great, great use yeah. of the technology. And I think that it like, it's, you know, it's Favreau's way of like making it like figuring something out. Mm. I think, I think it works. I think the only thing that doesn't work is like the actual tweeter birds flying around and stuff like that. <laughs> I've got no problem with that. The, oh, I think really? it's kind of cute. Yeah, I think it's cute. When yeah. I say dated, I also don't mean like, oh, this is bad now. I also, I mean, it's like this shows this is exactly 2014. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Was it puts made. it in exactly. Its and I kind of, yeah. I, one thing I love is like watching, like I rewatched Catfish while we're making Finding Drago because mm. it's like my favorite documentary ever. And just like even seeing what my iPhone looked like from 2011 or whatever, yeah. or what Twitter looked like, it gets me off. Like, it's like, <laughs> that's, I can't believe it used to look like that. Yeah. It doesn't look anything like that now. Yeah. And just seeing that like dated technology, just, I love it. Absolutely love it. That's true. Those, like, just how graphic design has changed, yeah, like, in yeah, the last yeah. few years. Um, and I think this, what this movie does really well as well, it's like this, it's a road trip movie. I love a road trip movie. Mm. But it makes, not just makes food cinematic, it makes these, It he chose places really well. Because mm. cho- it starts off, Los Angeles is a food city. You go to Miami, that's a food city. You go to Austin, that's a food city. You go to New Orleans, God, a food city. A f- it's a fanboy tour. He's just yeah. like, I want to go to these places. Yeah. How can I get myself paid yeah. to go there? And mm. the way that he makes it work even more is like, not only are those food cities, to make them cinematic, he chose places that are also... Uh, music cities mm. that have like such a strong oh, sense of true. music so he's creating like each place feels different and unique because you're going to these real places where you're having the real cuisine that is that is that city but it's all built around the music of those cities as well like when you go to Miami it's mm. like full on get to see Sofia Vergara's club yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. it's fucking so good and you, like you're dancing <laughs> yeah, right now yeah it's great thinking about like that's how like good that's like one of my favorite that's <sighs> one of my favorite parts of the movie and I love that like it's the first time you see the like the Cuban food in Miami it's in this great scene where you see Sofia Vergara's dad is like a singer at this club yeah. and it's like an ethnic club like it reminds me of when I would go like the Greek Cypriot club going up where it's like the ugliest venue like everything <laughs> is so tacky and plastic <laughs> 
and like just disco lights on the dance floor and stuff like that and everything's so old school and then it's like the food nah the food's pretty good the food's mm. pretty good and it's like it just works so well to like bring mm. food and music together mm. in this way so it's not just visual it becomes audio as well it's like this visual and oral experience and I think it just like makes everything so special like when you go to Austin and you see like that actual barbecue joint that everyone if you watch any food yeah. show it's that guy that's always smoking he's in this movie in the in tv the series as well too. aaron franklin and he makes like this brisket that's out of control and looks mm. so good in the movie and it feels like you're being invited into this secret where it's like yeah we got four at the back save for you yeah see that's pretty huge because franklin is like the spot yeah and they talk about it in the show they have people get there at 5 a.m to line yeah. up and it mm. opens at 11 a.m and it sells out by 1 p.m. Yeah. You know, so for him to... It's a pretty big flex for him to go, okay, I'm just going to go and grab four out <laughs> yeah, of the get bag. Yeah, <laughs> so, oh, fuck, bro. Like, you must be pretty tired. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, or he's, like how much are you paying him? You know, yeah. like... It's $1 million. You know, and then, yeah, we're going to go sell it on our truck in yeah. a sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. anything, we're going to fuck it up <laughs> yeah. by putting more shit on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, by like, putting you know, ham on top of it, yeah, mustard, yeah. mayo. <laughs> and also, like, the food is so cheap. It's like seven bucks for I that know. brisket sandwich. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I would I would pay $400 for that watching <laughs> this movie. <laughs> like, if you're watching this movie, you become so hungry. You're like, yeah, Uber yeah. Eats. This new movie would be destroyed by Uber Eats yeah. as the social oh. Oh, the new so social that's another media thing on that it. dates it. That's so mm. true. But it's like, but it's, you know, watching this, I spent like a hundred bucks on Uber Eats, like yeah. my girlfriend <laughs> watching it. It's good, like with the music and going to each yeah. city, they also change the food they serve in yeah. the truck true. to reflect the area. Yeah, like yeah they, they do the, the po' boy, boy they do the Austin the Midnight. Really thing. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, it's so good because just like so hungry. Yeah. It just yeah, it just works because it just creates like this identity and it becomes like this uh this film that represents like what America is mm. at the at this point in time. Because like, you know, f- the popular culture has become more food mm. obsessed. Like mm. in Australia, we had the first real Master Chef like franchise that I think made everyone like obsessed with mm. food. Like they yeah. came out when I was like 15 or 16, I was like, yeah, okay, now I, um, I have only watched it. Yeah. Right now I was like, now George Kalambaris is my Greek hero in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> the first Greek representation for years was George <laughs> Kalambaris. You know, like, and then we've seen it change. Like Bourdain had such a huge impact on popular culture mm. because everyone was obsessed with him and then every audience became obsessed with him. And like the way that he would talk about food, it changed everything. And this film like represents... Uh, like where food and where film was at at that time and combined like these like big parts of culture mm. to make this film that is like this trek across America really mm. and showing like what the cool stuff is and like what the what it's bringing to you in this way that's like not just a TV show where it's like yeah this is current day it's a film so it's now it's like stands as like this this little little piece of popular culture mm. that will last forever and show what it was like in 2014. Was it successful? It was a hit. It was a hit and it was mm. like a moderate hit because it was made for a, such a small amount of money, $11 million, uh, and it grossed over $45 million, which is pretty good, like mm. a good return. Mm. Surely the marketing would like put that like out there a little bit more. But it's this kind of type of film that you don't see anymore mm. at all yeah. where it's like this... A-list cast, like truly an A-list yeah. cast. Mm. You've got like Robert Downey, Downey Jr. pops up for a yeah. hilarious three-minute scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the booties. Is f- 
and he's probably got paid nothing. He yeah. probably did not. It was just like a favor. He's probably not yeah. listed the credits. And then you've got like Amy Sedaris popping up oh, as yes. like as he's like pop. Oh, he's, God, he's, I love Amy Sedaris. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's like so all like a truly A-list cast making a very small, low budget or mid tier movie. Russell Peters. Russell yeah. Peters playing a freaking cop, dude. Yeah, I've always dreamed of seeing him play a big cop, dude. <laughs> He's a bike cop. He's too. a bike cop on Miami Beach. He's a quad quad bike. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know, the, like it's the Dreamcast. Dustin Hoffman, Oliver Platt, my yeah. one of the greatest actors mm. of all time. Oliver Platt. <laughs> <laughs> I do love. I think he's Me the too. most perfectly cast person in this Oliver movie. Like if you had to design someone to be a critic, it would be Oliver Platt. Like, the look over his own. glasses. <laughs> yeah, love that. Yeah. Apparently, like, his brothers are, owns a restaurant in. New York. Or oh, something. really? He's like got he's got restaurateurs in the family and oh, stuff like that. God, so that's all he's like perfectly cast. Oh my god! Oh. To be someone who can eat food and not show any expression on his face. <laughs> <laughs> but like this, this film has been like it's been inspirational for a lot of people. Like it's crazy. Like I bought the soundtrack like the day it came out. I pre-ordered a iTunes, and then it had like the Cubano recipe on there, and I printed out like the liner notes so I could have it, and I put it like inside like the DVD. It's probably in my room still. It's probably still in the DVD. Did you DVD. ever make the Cubano? Uh, I made a version of it. I made a Greek style, dude. Oh wow! <laughs> dude, a Euros of Lakia, put tzatziki on each side. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way you got to do it, man. Greek style Cubano. I don't think I can do that. <laughs> it's very yogurty. Very, 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 very yogurty. <laughs> but it's true. Like in the show, they go to a few places yeah. where people have been inspired yeah. by the movie, and some of them in really terrible ways. Like yeah. the tattoos that John has. In the movie are fucking terrible. I was like, just saying, no, El Jefe. I'm gonna get they, El Jefe tattoo. They yeah. go to a place where a young chef has the El Jefe tattoos <laughs> on his finger because of the movie. That I knew so you were bringing it up. That is the wrong thing that to get into. So yeah. does, anyone, does anyone have the chef's knife tattoo down there for him? No, but then he There's someone else guy. loves the pasta fork in the yeah. show. And he gives him the pasta fork from the scene of making Scarjo's pasta, oh, and he, and he like cries. starts crying. Oh, wow, it's this guy's awesome. a YouTuber. He does binging with Babish, which is like a YouTube series I do watch. Right. But he's like, because it's all just like making food from movies just he makes very high quality like food content for youtube but he's not a trained chef um but he full-on has like the tattoo of that because that was the first dish that he made on the show and he really does start like he does start crying and it's like this is nice but also makes me sad as well (laughs) (laughs) but it is like you know this like the tattoos the el jefe one that's that's so funny yeah it's so funny i'm getting it i'm getting it (laughs) we should all do it we should get one letter each and then we come (laughs) next time we all hang out put our fingers together that's it oh man you are the jefe dude oh dude what does that mean again? <laughs> I think it means chef, I guess. I thought it meant boss. <laughs> Maybe it does. It's the same. It means all the same in, thing, dude. In this tone or... Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just means this movie, dude. Yeah. God, awesome. Love it. <laughs> oh, man. I think chef really holds up. Like, I I love this movie so much. I remember when I saw it in the cinema, I texted my dad, I love you, before the credits even started. <laughs> because I was just like, it just really hit me. I think it's that thing to go back to it. To be me, Alexi Toliopoulos, an adult child of divorce and ACOD, and this movie does that Jurassic Park 3 thing. 
It's a parent trap element. Oh, it's yeah. got a parent trap element it's with a little idea kid. That your dad could get back with Sofia Vergara. Hey. <laughs> 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 no, Papa. Her, vo- her voice in it is like incredible. Yeah, so incredible. Good. She's so. I love how like her performance in this. Like I've only ever seen her in Modern Family, yeah. really. Yeah. But then her in this, it's such a nice performance. It's a quite nice real. Character. It's like she's she's an actor. You know. She's, and it's like her just like slyly like being like this manipulator yeah. of like convincing him like get your fucking life on track. I know what's right for you. Just have to figure it out. Just to kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I love that it's like. He's so stubborn that it's the whole movie is just her going like, "Oh wow, great idea! Can't believe you had it yourself." <laughs> <laughs> God, I reckon I would recommend everyone rewatch Chef. You'll yeah, love yeah. it, and you know, make make sure you've got a st- packed fridge at the time <laughs> yeah. or like watch it. Watch Hop it on after Chef dinner. in one hand, have your phone with Uber Eats open, just scrolling for anything <laughs> that's bready as and long cheesy. As, as long as it's not raining because then Uber Eats yeah. won't fucking oh. come. Yeah, and in the other hand, I mean, you'll probably fill it with something. <laughs> There's a bit of eye candy in there as well. <laughs> Dude, for the final weeks of Acme, you got to put a TV in there playing Chef 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> just projected on the, <laughs> on the roof. Oh, it's yeah. just opened up on the roof. Man, this... And also, highly recommend the TV series. The Chef TV series. Yeah. It's really good. I'm going to keep like watching it. it. Yeah, it looks I really cool. Like it. It's really genuine as well. Yeah. Like to see how much John actually cares and loves it and wants to learn. Mm. Yeah. And gets in there with no pretension or no... Like, I'm a multi-multi-millionaire. I make fucking big budget movies. But I'm going to fucking peel these onions and I'm going to get... Balls deep with Roy Choi at this food festival. It's like it's really good. Oh, that's it's really cool. Yeah, I'm gonna keep yeah. watching it. Yeah, we've got to remember this is the guy that made Cowboys and Aliens, <laughs> and there he is mucking around in the kitchen. mucking around. But it's like what shocked me about the TV series is it's not just like a cooking show or a how-to show, recipe show. It's like he keeps calling it a documentary. And it really is. It reminds me of he did this show Dinner for Five. I used to love Dinner for Five. I haven't seen it. I'm going to go back and watch it. You will absolutely love it because it's basically like the first podcast because it's like from 2003. And just him and his famous friends eating like dinner talking and that's what I was shocked by this show I was like of course it's like that it was the first round table you know how those round table discussions are a bit of a yeah. thing like, like those vanity fair yeah it'll be like five actors that are nominated for an award like all sitting around talking about their process it was like that but it was like Favreau and Vince Vaughn and then like they talk about a du- money they a talk about baby an actor, <laughs> a musician yeah. and they talk about shit but they also are getting served nice meals and kind of talking a little bit about that mm. as well and it was sick. It's re- yeah, it's really good. It's like interesting people. They're so different. Like there's ones like Elliot Gould's on one, mm-hmm. and then there's one where it's like Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner they'd never met before, and it's oh. like, oh, okay, now oh. we get to see uh, the romance the blossom planted exactly, <laughs> and now they're truly divorced, <laughs> <laughs> and it's very depressing. But she's like Sofia Vergara to him. Like she yeah. supports him and loves him mm. and drives him to rehab <laughs> oh. and shit. Yeah, yeah. I would love to have an ex-wife who loves me. Well, hopefully one day happens, baby. <laughs> one <But> day soon. <laughs> yeah, it's really good because it's like just fun conversations. Like the first episode, it's got Gwyneth Paltrow, mm. and it is so funny where he's like talking to her about like how they were in Spider Man. She has no, no memory idea. of being in Spider Man, <laughs> and I think it's very, it's, it's a very dinner for five conversation worth checking out. Uh, but next week we're going to be checking out the 2017. Chef Remake. It's an Indian comedy drama directed by Raja Krishna Menon featuring Saif Ali Khan as the lead. 
I am super excited about this. I hope that it is does the same thing, but with Indian cuisine mm. or like regional Indian cuisine, because I think that's what excites. Like when you can think of a remake that excites you, it's when it does something new. It's like a cross cultural thing where it's commenting on new stuff now. I just I don't know. This is one that I've wanted to do since we first started this podcast. I, in my limited experience with the Hindi films, there's a lot more drama. I can't imagine him having a good relationship mm. with his ex-wife or the other chefs. I imagine there might be a lot more fighting and drama going on. I'm, Soap I'm, opera. Yeah, I'm a little bit excited by that. Um, yeah. But yeah, the food is, of course, the main thing I really care about. And hopefully some songs. <laughs> if it's a musical, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. I'm absolutely down. If you haven't, if you want to check it out, it is on Amazon Prime, the new one. So it's like, it, it's accessible, which is crazy because I bought the DVD when we started this podcast <laughs> thinking that we'd never get to find it some way. Uh, but it's out there now. Um, until next time, Mitch, what are you up to? Um, Acme, I think the day this releases will be the last Friday Acme's open. Yeah. The, 29th is our last service. Oof. Um, then How do you feel? Uh, it's been a roller coaster, but yeah. I'm at peace with it now and I'm I'm happy and it's been really uh, humbling and fun to see everybody come back in multiple times yeah. and share their sort of stories and stuff mm. and their memories of Acme, and, which has been really great because you sort of forget it when you're in the shit of it day to day. Yeah. Business isn't great or, you know, that kind of thing. So to see the impact that it has had on people mm. is pretty amazing and yeah. humbling. And then a little bit of time off, hopefully. And yeah. then I've got something lined up for August. So. Yeah. You got to follow Mitch on Instagram, your mm. Instacrill. Yep. And it is like, it's like chef, like just watching it like, God, I got to fucking eat something. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your Instagram. It's incredible. It's so good. And you'll find out what you're doing next probably from there. So yep, get on sure. it now. Be the be the first ones to find out. For sure. Because no one reads print media anymore, do they? Print's dead, yeah, as we learned from dead. this movie. Yeah. <laughs> print is dead. It all gets bought by big business for $10 yeah. million. I've never read a book in the last five <laughs> years. Print is truly dead. <laughs> I only read tweets and Instagram comments. <laughs> Uh, in the meantime you can catch up with Cameron on Twitter and Instagram at I am Cameron James yep and come see my Sydney Comedy Store show on August 17th it'll be cool to have you there and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at this is Alexi and if you're listening to this the day of the release is also the last day of Greenlights Comedy June 28th come on down it's gonna be crazy Uh, I'm on that's all I can say. <laughs> Me and Nico are on. We can't announce anyone else. It's all secret stuff. Uh, so Cam didn't cancel his plans and change I it didn't. around? We don't Sorry. think so. so Sorry. Yeah, it's announced live friend. now. <laughs> Cam will be elsewhere. Where will you be? Melbourne. I have a bunch of gigs in Melbourne that weekend that have been booked in for ages. Well, if I'm you are sorry, listening in Melbourne, fly to Sydney today. <laughs> Instead of coming come to see me, me in Melbourne, go, go to the final green lights. Go try to... You won't be able to get in at Acme, but you can maybe hang around out the back and and Mitch could leave some <laughs> spaghetti and meatballs out in the alley for you. Two Sydney only icons it, are ending this only weekend. Only if you look at me like ScarJo. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to come after the show. Uh, Mitch, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, boys. Absolute Dream come pleasure. true. Yeah, it was And so I'll good. let you know, that movie that you mentioned before, No Reservations, starring Catherine Zeta-Jones, mm. Aaron Eckhart, it's a remake of a German movie, so we'll have you freaking back. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.